Welcome back to The Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin Hell. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. We're working our way through Peter's first letter. It's a letter that he wrote to encourage Christians in their faith to strengthen them that they might understand how to face the suffering that they face in this life, resting in Christ, entrusting themselves to their Father, to the faithful Creator, learning what it means to, to believe the gospel, learning who they are in Christ, understanding their identity, and then Peter instructs them how they are to live in the light of that new identity that they have in Jesus Christ. As we come to this section that we're in now, 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 19. We looked at 12 through 16 yesterday. Today we're going to look at 17 through 19. So let me pray for us, and then we'll read these verses and jump in to what Peter is saying. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it reminds us that our hope is found in Christ, that our strength is found in him. I thank you that you have given us your truth, that we may stand firm in it. I pray that you would work even now by your spirit to give us ears to hear, that we might believe your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Well, as we have been looking at this letter that Peter wrote, he's writing to instruct these believers in the faith. He's writing to comfort them. And here he is diving in to helping them understand and think about specifically how they are respond, how they are to respond to their suffering. They're not to be surprised, but rather to see their suffering as proof that they are with Christ. Now we must remember the suffering he is talking about is suffering for doing good, not suffering for doing evil. So he's not talking about the suffering that we think of that comes on us in the form of punishment when we are in sin or when we are violating just laws. That's not what Peter's talking about. Rather, he has in mind unjust suffering, suffering that we face for being a Christian. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, he says. And then in verse 17, he moves into this reality of judgment that now is the time for judgment to begin with the household of God. When we look back at the Gospels, we see this reality of the end time, of this separating of the the sheep and the goats, the wheat and the chaff. There's different ways that it's talked about. And Peter here says, now is the time for that to begin with the household of God. 
In other words, what he's saying is part of what is happening through suffering, as he said earlier, that this suffering is to test us. Part of what is happening here through suffering is is that our faith is being tested. Our faith is being tried. Are we going to continue to trust Jesus? Are we going to continue to rest in him? Is our faith going to be proven by our continuing to have faith in Christ even in the face of suffering? Of course, there will be some who, when suffering comes, when the trials come, when the pain comes, when the persecution comes, they turn from Christ in order to find relief from the suffering. Peter is writing to encourage us not to do that but to endure with Christ to the very end, knowing that this suffering says nothing about us, but that the blood of Christ speaks the truest word about us. See, that's often not how we think of suffering. Peter's reminding us that suffering is not here, saying that we do not belong to God, but rather we are filling up the suffering of Christ. And so we are, if we are true Christians, to endure in that. If Christ suffered, will we not also? So we shouldn't be surprised by it. We shouldn't flake out because of it. But we should stay the course, continuing to trust Christ, continuing to set our eyes on him, continuing to walk in the spirit that we might not gratify the desires of the flesh, continuing with the spirit's help to put to death the deeds of the body. What Peter is telling us is that Christ is beginning to sort things out for his purposes and for his glory. And in what he's telling us, there's a warning here. He's saying if, if it begins with us, if, if we have to endure this suffering for the cause of Christ, and if this suffering is at some level, this eschatological outsorting, this eschatological judgment, if even we who belong to Christ have to endure this, how much more will those who don't belong to Christ have to endure? What will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel? See, what Peter is saying is if we face suffering and we turn from Christ to relieve the suffering, we're actually walking into greater suffering. We're walking into a worse judgment because we're enduring suffering as Christians. We're enduring suffering as those for whom the Lamb of God has died. And so to turn from him in that hour of suffering, doesn't actually reduce the judgment at all. If it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And then quoting from Proverbs 11, and if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? If salvation comes through our suffering, how much more will judgment come through greater suffering? Therefore, he says in verse 19, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. In other words, 
stay the course. Continue entrusting yourself to God who judges justly. This is what we found when Peter wrote to the servants as he set forth the example of Christ. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing when mindful of God, one endures sorrow while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if, when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if, when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. That's what we are called to do. To continue to entrust our souls to our faithful creator to continue to lean on the promises of God, to continue to to fall down at the foot of the cross, to continue to claim the blessings and the promises that God has given his people, that we will be redeemed, that he will see us through to the end, that nothing, not height, nor depth, nor principality, nor power, nor nakedness, nor danger, nor sword, nor famine, nor anything else in all of creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Those who suffer according to God's will, entrust your souls to your faithful creator creator while doing good. Our suffering, our persecution, our trials don't say something truer about us than the blood of Christ. Our suffering, our persecution, our trials, our pain in this life doesn't separate us from the love of God our Father in Christ Jesus. Rather, God uses that to shape us for His glory. So might we continue to entrust ourselves to Him. And as we do, might we continue to do good that He might be glorified. Amen.